Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Carolina Hurricanes. We are joined once again by Brian LeBlanc of Canes Country. Brian, how are you? Hello, Hinks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so just to kick things off, uh, it's been a couple of months since we last played Carolina, January yep. 7th. Um, 5-4 Carolina win in overtime. Can you give me a bit of a summary about what the Carolina Hurricanes have been up to in the past couple of uh, months? Probably, probably better if I give you a medical report rather than the summary, <laughs> given how things have gone here. Um, I mean, it's it, it, I don't even know where to start because at this point, I have I don't know what to make of this season. It's the most bizarre season I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, David Ayers is now a household name across the entire league, um, which basically sums up in one sentence how bizarre this season has been and especially the last couple of weeks i mean the hurricanes have kind of been treading water which in one sense is kind of impressive given that they're missing both of their starting goalies and two top four defensemen but then at the same time they play in the division of death where 100 points might get you into the playoffs and i and i asked a really interesting question uh every other week we do we kind of tie it in with the fan pulse surveys that we do um, where I ask some extra questions just about the Hurricanes. We've been doing it all year. And one of the most interesting questions I think I asked all year was a couple weeks ago, and I asked if the Hurricanes finished this season with more points than they had last season. And last season they had 98, I believe. Double-check that for me. Um, would you consider this, or but didn't make the playoffs, would you consider this season a success or a failure? And something like 65% of people that answered said they would consider it a failure. And I'm not really sure I'm ready to go down that path yet, but I mean, I can kind of see where that comes from. But then at the same time, when you look at everybody that's missing, if they somehow get more points this year than they had last year, given all of that, I mean, I don't know what you make of it. It's it's weird. It's a really weird feeling around here right now, because I don't think anybody is really all that comfortable with where things are at. We had that conversation at Broad Street Hockey, actually, about... We were kind of split. Some people, this was a, a few weeks back when the Flyers were out of a wild card spot. Because, of course, as you said, in the division of death, these things tend to fluctuate on a daily basis. Um, about how if they didn't make the playoffs, this season was a failure. And my thought was, like, if they were in any other division, they would be comfortably in a playoff spot. Oh, yeah. It's just this insane system of playoff seating that the NHL insists on that's making it it's just infuriating. Like just Look, put the eight best teams in. Let me hard. use a, let me use a little bit of, of an analogy here. I, I am one of the few people that actually likes the playoff system because it does foment rivalries. And we saw that with the hurricanes and the capitals last year. I mean, that's been a really good rivalry mm-hmm. due in large part to that playoff series that may not have otherwise happened in another format. Um, there in the ACC, there are two divisions in football, and the division that the school I went to, NC State, is in, is the division that has Clemson and Florida State in it, which are the two hundred thousand pound gorillas, especially Clemson. And the other division is just complete chaos. Anybody could win it any year, and NC State fans feel like they have no shot. So I'm used to this. I, I'm I'm <laughs> very familiar with the idea of. Well, darn, if we were just in another division, everything would be rosy. I mean, there's like six teams that could theoretically win the Pacific that are in the Metro, and one of them won't even make the playoffs. I mean, it's it's frustrating, but then the Hurricanes have kind of drug, have dug their own graves in a way because they're the worst team in the 
division. They are, have a worse record in the, in the Metro than even the Red Wings have in the Atlantic. And when you're behind the Red Wings in anything, you're not doing something right. And so you can say all you want about the division, about how hard it is, all of which is true. But the fact is the Hurricanes haven't won the games they needed to win. And that's why this road trip, which you know starts in Philly and then continues through the island into Pittsburgh, is super, super important because these are points they have to have to make the playoffs. So you mentioned the goaltending situation, that big, huge elephant in the room. Um, so right. both Morozik and Reimer are hurt. Who should we expect to see in net on Thursday? My guess would be probably Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, it seems like uh, Rod Brindamore has kind of rotated a little bit. He started Anton Forsberg on Friday of last week um, before the road trip started and then started him again after he uh, after he got the win. And it didn't go well. And Forsberg gave up three quick goals on Saturday and was yanked for Nedeljkovic, who actually played pretty well, um, even though the rest of the team didn't do all that great uh, against Montreal. They managed to get a point, so at least that's something. Um, I think they'll probably stick to that. That's basically what they've been doing all season in Charlotte anyway, is just rotating back and forth. So given the rotation, I think we'll probably see Nedeljkovic again. But after five days off, who knows? I mean, it could just be that they practice on Wednesday, see who looks better, and that's who they go with. So it could be either one. I think right now I'd lean toward Nedeljkovic, but nothing would surprise me. So were you surprised that they didn't do anything goaltender-wise at the deadline? Maybe a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, the, from what we understand, and uh, Elliot Friedman spoke with Don Waddell yesterday at the Jams meetings, and he said that Morazic should be back in somewhere around seven to 10 days, which kind of meshes with what they said when he first got injured a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand not wanting to pay a huge premium for, you know, they were sniffing around Robin Leonard. Well, what did Robin Leonard get? He got Malcolm Subban and a draft pick. I don't see the Hurricanes being willing to pay up that much money for a guy who's going to be a free agent, even one that they have said that they would possibly be interested in signing um, this coming summer. Uh, I can understand the thinking behind that. I mean, you look at the you look at the fact that a couple of goalies moved at the deadline, and it kind of makes you wonder if the Hurricanes just didn't want to get into a bidding war, but then you're not really going to get into a bidding war for a guy that might be, you know, to cover someone that might be out for two weeks. It's a little different on defense where you kind of had to do something because now they're going to be down both Pesci and Hamilton basically the rest of the season. So they really, you know, unless they're going to call someone up and put someone from the AHL in top four minutes, they, you know, their hand was kind of forced. I don't get the sense that their hand was forced necessarily in goaltending. I think they definitely thought they could, you know, tread water with the two guys from the AHL. And really that's all they're asking them to do is, mm-hmm. I mean, if they can, if they can hang around and just give them a chance, that's really all they need. And then hopefully Mrazic comes back none the worse for wear. And, you know, this isn't a big deal. At least that's what they're banking on, whether or not that actually comes to pass still to be seen. So you did bring in one guy, Brady Shea. Um, how's uh-huh. he been playing? I know it's only been a couple of games, but how's he look so far? Uh, remarkably good, uh, much better than he did with the with the Rangers. And I think that the Hurricanes play a system that kind of suits to his strength a little more than the Rangers do, because um, Shea is really, really good at, at carrying the puck into the zone and getting guys set up there. I mean, he doesn't like to dump it in at all. And that meshes really well with the type of forechecking that the Hurricanes want their guys to get into the zone and start, you know, 
pa- pays together guys up against the boards and so forth. Um, I think he's really going to be a good fit. He's a guy that is under contract, a decent contract for a long term. That's why they were willing to give up a first round pick for him. Um, and the Hurricanes have shown that with guys like Hamilton, I mean, it took a little while uh, for him to to kind of get going. But Calvin DeHaan had a really good season here. Joel Edmondson's been up and down, but he's had his moments as well. They've had a habit of these guys that maybe didn't quite fit at their last stops, uh, getting something really good out of. And it seems like Shea's kind of the next guy in line. Uh, The one guy that doesn't fit that is Jake Gardner, who I would be surprised if whenever Sammy Patton is back healthy, if Gardner's not the scratch, because that's just been a square peg in a round hole all season. It just hasn't worked. Okay, let's stick with the defense a little bit. I'm, I'm glad you brought up um, Vatnin because in addition to the goaltending, um, three of your biggest names on defense are also out. Um, right. <laughs> just in case the Flyers fans don't know, Dougie Hamilton is out. Sammy Vatnin is out. Um, Brett Pesci is out. Um, how has the defense been holding up without these guys? Uh, it has its moments, but again, you know, you're just kind of, you're kind of, you know, bubble gum and duct taping it together until you can at least get Vatnin back and then kind of get a regular rotation because, I mean, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, God love him, is not a top two defenseman in the NHL. And, you know, when you're when you're playing next to Jacob Slavin, who is just doing yeoman's work, I mean, 26, 27 minutes a night, um, you know, you're going to be asked to do a lot. And he has been for the most part, he's been okay. Um, The second pairing is where they've really missed Pesci, um, where he typically played uh, most of the season with Edmondson. Um, and Edmondson has just been lost. It really seems like ever since, um, ever since Pesci's been out, um, I wonder, you know, if it wasn't for Gardner just being a complete mismatch, um, I think Edmondson would probably be the odd man out. The revelation has been Hayden Flurry, who has been a healthy, he's kind of been the designated healthy scratch for a couple of years now. And now he gets his chance and he's been playing outstanding hockey. And it's really good to see because there was some question about whether, you know, his future was with this organization. Um, and he you know, decided to hang around. Uh, the hurricanes obviously gave him a deal coming off of his entry level deal and he's making the most of it and good for him. Um, he's really stood out of the guys that could take advantage of the injuries. He was one that really needed to grab the bull by the horn, so to speak. And he's mm-hmm. done it. And then some, it's been really impressive to see. So I was taking a look at Kane's country this morning to get ready for our little chat. And I noticed that we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Get those clicks in. Um, We noticed I noticed a lot of conversation about luck being bad for the Hurricanes right now. And it seemed like for a long time that was kind of a theme for the Hurricanes. They were always the team with the excellent underlying metrics who just couldn't get things done on the ice because the puck never bounced the way they wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Um. What do you think it is about this team that this bad luck seems to follow them around? I know it's hard to kind of quantify that kind of thing, but is there something that you think causes this or is it really just the hockey gods smiting you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think it's the hot. Well, I mean, if you look at both goalies going down in the same game and having to use Mm -hmm. a debug for half the game, then maybe you're (laughs) onto something. But, you know, what's what's interesting about this season is that it's not quite the same. You know, the macro look at it is basically the same. Oh, look, they, you know, they should be doing better. They're doing everything the coaching staff is asking them. 
you know, why aren't we getting the results? That all sounds really familiar. But when you look at the numbers, especially after about Christmas or so, this hasn't been the same Hurricanes team that we've seen in years before where they were just dominating all of the, uh, you know, advanced statistics. They were PDO, you know, just getting crushed in PDO. And, you know, their expected goals, their expected goal differential was like almost a goal different from what the actual was. We're not seeing as much of that this year. They've kind of been a mainstay in the in the fun quadrant, if you know what I'm talking about, the mm-hmm. Sean Tierney charts uh, that where, when you look at the expected goals for and go, goals against the Hurricanes are hanging out way down there in the fun quadrant this year, which <laughs> I, you know, calling it fun is is a question of, uh, of interpretation to begin with. Um, but that's that's a difference from where they've been in past years. And yes, they're not getting the breaks in the sense that, like, you know, against Colorado a couple weeks ago, they made three bad plays and all three of them ended up in their own net. Um, that's the type of luck that you would associate with them. But, you know, that game is really kind of an anomaly and they're just not doing the things on a regular basis that they had been doing in the past. The, you know, the consistent uh, puck possession. I mean, they're still good at puck possession, but they were, I mean, they were just analytics darlings for years and mm-hmm. they're not quite to that extent anymore. And to the extent that you make your own luck, they're not really doing that the way that they had been. I don't know if I really would say it's part, partly luck for sure, but I don't think to the extent that it was a couple of years ago when they, you know, when their actual results were just night and day different from what were expected, they're kind of getting what they expect right now. Um, in individual cases, there might be a little bit of bad luck involved, but it's not the overall malaise that it was a couple of years ago when they were theoretically doing everything right and just couldn't get anything to go. Hanging out in the fun quadrant is always kind of nice. Uh, a good. little bit, a little bit hair on fire, team. but you know. Yeah. <laughs> one, so, thing that, one thing that's really interesting is that Rod Brindamore yeah. has always said that the first 25 games of last season were the best he's ever seen his team play, and they didn't get rewarded for it. In fact, they were out of the playoff spot at Thanksgiving last year. Um, and I think that there's probably something to that. They haven't gotten back to that level. Um, either the rest of last year or at, at all this year for the most part with a couple of exceptions. So, um, you know, you kind of wonder if, you know, they just kind of realized that they were doing all the things and weren't getting the results. And they kind of just said, screw it, let's go play hockey. And they kind of turned things around. And you wonder if maybe they need to do that again. I don't know. So normally I like to ask, um, like, what the biggest weakness that the Flyers could exploit and the opposing team might be. I'm assuming it's the holes on defense and the relatively untested goaltenders. Yeah. If I'm yeah, wrong, correct me. No, I think that's <laughs> probably like, a safe bet. The like obvious, it's the obvious answer, but it's the right answer. I mean, the, the Hurricanes, especially now they've broken up that top line of Ajo, Sebastian, Sebastian Ajo, Tevo Teravainen, and Andrei Svechnikov, and they're all kind of scattered about now with Rod just trying to get other guys going by splitting that group up. Uh, but the Hurricanes scoring goals for the most part hasn't been a problem this year. It's been preventing mm-hmm. them. And there's just been something off in the mix, uh, especially defensively, where they've just given up a ton of good scoring chances to the other team. And with a couple of unproven goaltenders back there, I mean, Anton Forsberg has played in the NHL before, but he's Anton Forsberg. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> expecting, you know, good guy. I mean, I like talking to him and he's, you know, certainly a capable backup NHL goalie, if nothing else. But if you're expecting him to be much more than replacement level, you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just going to be exploiting 
um, the defensive pairings and, you know, trying to get good shots in surprising the goalies. Um, you know, they, they play two very different styles and sometimes that can be a little bit of a challenge for the defense in front of them. Uh, but the defense overall has done Carolina's goaltending very few favors this year. If you had to identify something that is going super well for the Canes right now, something that might give the Flyers fits in this game, if there is something, um, maybe a player, a line, a special team, what could it be? Well, Ajo's been on a roll. I mean, he's, uh, I believe he's up to a 14-game, no, 15-game point streak now, um, which is second in franchise history uh, behind the immortal Mike Rogers of the Hartford Whalers back in the day. Um, he's been incredible. Uh, basically, ever since Christmas, he's been one of the top goal scorers in the NHL. I mean, ahead of some really big names. He's got more goals than Jack Eichel. He's got more goals than Connor McDavid. He's got more goals, I think, than Malkin. I'm not 100% sure of that. Um, but I mean, when you're even when you're in the conversation with those types of guys, mm-hmm. you know you're doing something right. And he has definitely been doing something right uh, the past few weeks. He has really been a handful. And the Hurricanes have needed that because outside again, outside of that top line, they've gotten very little from their bottom three lines. And Rod Brindamore on uh, Saturday decided to break up those that top pairing just to try to spread the wealth around a little bit. It ended Svechnikov's uh, point streak, but Ajo's continued in Montreal. And so hopefully that'll, that'll keep going. But the Hurricanes, when they have won games this year, it's been by outscoring the other team. And the way that Ajo's going right now, sometimes he can do it by himself. So my next question was going to be if there were any kind of lesser known down the lineup kind of guys that we should keep an eye on. But it sounds like maybe not. <laughs> maybe they're all not great right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. There was a line put together on Saturday that's Vincent Trocek, one of the guys the Hurricanes got at the trade deadline, centering Svechnikov and Martin Natchez. And I'm really interested to see how that line does. It showed some promise in Montreal. Uh, we didn't really get to see it together all that much, so we don't have a full understanding of what they are going to be able to do. And what's funny about the schedule is that even though this is the second game of a six game road trip, the hurricanes have been off since Saturday. So they've been practicing and trying to get used to these new pairings. So it might be a little more familiar than it otherwise would with new pairs being thrown together. And I wonder if that might help things a little bit because Trocek hasn't been bad. In fact, he's, if anybody's had bad luck since he got here, it's been him because he's had a bunch of different chances and just for whatever reason, hasn't been able to finish or he's, you know, made a pass that hasn't been converted on or whatever. Uh, But those are two really dangerous wingers offensively, maybe not the most defensively sound uh, pairing in or line in the world. Although Svechikov has gotten much better and Trocek's a really good two way center. So I think that there might be some, there, there might be some chance for, um, offensive fireworks from that uh, from that line that's one I would definitely keep an eye on okay my final question for you will be as usual to give me Mm -hmm. a prediction for the final score of this game and I hate to do this why do you always do this to me um (laughs) at some point I have to think that the Hurricanes are going to start winning games in the division and I don't feel great about this game it would not surprise me if after five days off, they come out and lay an egg in the first period. And Sean Couturier has a hat trick 10 minutes in because he always <laughs> seems to do that against the Hurricanes. And if he doesn't Voracek will, um, I think the Hurricanes will pull this out. I think it's going to be kind of a fire wagon game. Give me a five, three Hurricanes win. Okay. 
So my prediction is going to be a little different, and I want you to know that it has more to do with me than it does with you, because I am fully aboard the Philadelphia Flyers positivity train, and I'm so hyped about this. And with with good reason. I mean, there's no reason not to be. So I'm going to say that the Flyers come on into the FARG, and they just... I'm sorry to tell you, whoop the ass of the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm going 5-1 Flyers win. Okay. I, I mean, I can see it. I can absolutely see it. So hopefully I'm right and you're wrong, but you never know. I'm hardly mm. ever right, so we'll see. <laughs> well, at least we got that to hang our hat on. Yeah, right? <laughs> thanks, for Ryan. The, th- thanks for the shot of positivity. I appreciate that. But you know what? <laughs> Good. And, and I, you know, I, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I don't care. Good for you guys. You guys have gone through a lot the last few years. And I'm by no means a Flyers fan, but I've been around teams long enough to know that after you suck for a few years, it's a lot of fun to start winning hockey games. And I'm happy for you guys. Thank you. It has been fun. And it's a it's a nice change from the last few years. You're right. Uh Yeah. Okay, Brian, thank you so much for doing this with us. This was awesome. As usual, you guys should head on over to Kane's country and check out what Brian and his team are doing. There's a lot of good information there. And you guys also do, which I love, a very informative Metropolitan Division Roundup. Yes. That I like. So you guys should definitely check that out. I always do. Um, That'll be up pregame. It's usually up Thursdays. So I will uh, I'll post it probably around noon Thursday. Awesome. And your voice will be in our pregame. So you'll see that up on Thursday as well. I hope you enjoy the game. You got it. Thanks so much, Kelly. You're welcome, Brian. Thank you. Go Flyers.